Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, on Muddied Waters Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome back. It's the second time today you get to see me. What a wonderful, fantastic Friday, April 8th, this has been. And if you guys didn't realize from the show before and I failed to drop it on you, we got a new camera. So you guys are getting me in a little more higher definition. Hopefully that means that you guys aren't going to run away screaming. I apologize for those of you who have been harmed by my less pixelated face. Um, more pixelated. I don't know how that works. Anyways, regardless, we have a little bit of new technology here and we are upping the game one bit at a time, but that's not what you guys are here for. You guys are here, of course, to join me as I sit down with Todd Hagopian as we talk about financial freedom. We're going to be talking a little bit about retirement planning, which is something that, you know, people of all ages really need to be concerned with and need to be informed on. This is something I well out of my wheelhouse so i'm excited to learn so much today about that we're also gonna be talking a little bit about taxes we all hate taxes we all know taxation is theft it's extortion it's all you you name it um but within that um we're gonna be having these conversations about how to avoid as much taxes as possible how to set yourself up for a future how you can keep more of your own money to live a better life and as we look at the economy right now this is so incredibly topical so Incredible show coming up for you guys, but got to handle some business first. First, I want to thank Matt and Spike, Matt Wright and Spike Cohen for being the owners of here on Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to talk about my issues, my stances, my opinions on things, and of course, to learn more from our amazing guests here. Um, You can hear this stream on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Float, Stream, or uh, Odyssey, Wherever you're hearing us live, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for sharing this out, for uh, supporting this page, for supporting the message and growing us in such a tremendous way. Thank you so much for that. And if you guys are not watching this live, but you're listening to us on the podcast later, any of your favorite podcast app has us under Muddy Waters Media. Thank you so much for that. And you're more than welcome to join in on the live streams as well. If you're looking to help support the Muddy Waters team, and so many of you already have, but you're looking to join in on the exclusive Muddied Zooms Thursday, second Thursdays, second Thursdays of, of every month, you can go over to muddy, or, uh, anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe. You can sign up there, help us out, get so much exclusive content. It's going to be amazing. I, I guarantee you, you're going to love helping out this team and getting so much value from that. And of course, if you're looking to get some merchandise, you can head over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store where you can be repping Muddy Waters. This is this is the team that's going to take you all the way. We're, we're making a movement. We're making differences. And why not be a part of it? Rep some merch while you're at it. 
want to say thank you of course to kelsey lion designs if you're running a campaign you're starting up a small business you're coming off of the the podcast from earlier where we spoke with sarah Anderegg about starting up that small business you're looking to get a new brand a new logo business cards publications you're looking to do wedding invites party invites whatever it is head on over to kelseyliondesigns.com um Put the code in muddied waters she's going to hook you up with 10 percent off it's going to be fantastic i guarantee you you're going to love what kelsey does to help elevate your business your campaign whatever it is you're working on she's going to help take it to the next level I want to say thank you to jack casey and of course jack casey is a guy whether he's a good guy or bad guy i'll let you determine that but nonetheless the world green series you got to check it out uh this is a book series that he wrote while he transitioned into the libertarian philosophy and so it challenges a lot of things and he put in a fic uh, in a fictitious book um a book that is fictional of course that challenges some of those things and it's filled with so uh many different aspects of life that we all face in ourselves so head on over to royalgreen.com and help out my man jack casey and uh, buy these books for yourselves, buy for family members, buy for your friend that hasn't quite dove into libertarianism, but maybe these seeds of and challenges in here can, can grow and prosper into a brand new libertarian. But with that, love you all, appreciate you all. I'm so excited. I've got the man, Todd Hagopian, coming on. How's it going tonight, man? Yeah, so good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. It was... Um, I was I was sitting there and I was so excited today because I was like, I'm dumb when it comes to my finances. I I spend money in terrible ways. I I don't set myself up for the future. And I was like, I think today is going to be the day that I'm going to learn so much and I'm going to be inspired to be to make that change. Um, so I want to first start off with, who are you? Where'd you come from? Sure. So my name's Todd Hagopian. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, from a finance background, just so you guys can get a feel for who you're talking to. I'm not a financial professional. I have no licenses they can take away from me for anything I tell you today. <laughs> so um, take everything with a grain of salt, but this is what I've done over time. Um, and I think it'll help you guys too. So I was a financial advisor straight out of school. Uh, after that, I became a bank manager. Um, after that, I got went back to school and got a MBA in finance at Michigan State University. I published approximately 50 articles on Forbes.com while I was running two small mutual fund sub accounts for a company. Uh, and then I also authored a finance book um, that we can talk about at some point in time. But yeah, um, that's kind of my finance chops. Uh, outside of that, that was kind of the first two thirds of my life. And since then, I've moved into business management, uh, and I've spent about 15 years in different portions of the Fortune 500 running companies. As of 2020, I started my own company that buys other companies. We now have two. We're working on a third, uh, and we have about a $5 million portfolio at this point. Oh, wow. That's – it's incredible. I work for I work for a business that's that's – decently sized i mean world known and i just i couldn't imagine looking at the numbers that they push and everything else and and they're right in front of my screen i i get to see them but i just i couldn't imagine and fathom having that kind of control and and to be trusted around that so it's incredible that that you're you're coming on here to to discuss these these topics with us today um 
so you're also running for LNC uh, treasurer right now. Um, Correct. And that, that's coming up next month. Yep, end of May. Yep. End of May. Oh, that's going to be exciting times. Um, so that that will be in Reno. If you guys have not already gotten your tickets, you guys got to make sure if you guys are delegates, of course, you guys already got them. But if you're not delegates, it's still going to be one hell of a time. You're going to meet Todd and, and a bunch of other great libertarians um, and be a part of the movement. So I would encourage you all to see if you can make it out there to Reno. Some, some of you live closer than I do um, across the country. So... Um, so I want to dive into this. So I think the, the meat and potatoes of today is mostly going to be focused on on the the retirement planning. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's where most people fall short. And it's one thing that we all hope to do is retire at some point in time. So I'm not the guy to go to if you're trying to save $8,000 on taxes today. You know, that's not what I do. Um, what I do is put together plans or, or put together plan for myself. What I used to do is put together plans for people um, that would mitigate taxes during retirement, minimize taxes during retirement and allow people to set kind of a system in place for when they are um, in a position where they can invest. Because okay. usually we don't have enough money early, so we don't do anything. And then by the time we have money, there's not enough time left to put these things in place that we'll talk about. Um, so that's part of it is, is structuring it right, structuring yourself for success, kind of envisioning where you're going to go over the next 15, 30 years and putting the proper things in place in order to achieve success during retirement. I think that that's, it's really incredible that the way you phrase that, because I, I resonate with that of, I was so young and I was like, I'm not making much. I can't afford to save for later dates i've i've got i've got to change the oil in my car i've got to change the brakes because my 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 stereo won't turn up louder and i i can hear them over it um you know we've got all these little bills coming in we've got our normal living and it wasn't until i was probably around uh 25 i was coming out of the navy and i was like i haven't saved anything for retirement um and I realized that I was feeling old, like my body's broken after being in the military. And I was like, I, I, I need to save something. So I, I wish I could go back in time and have this conversation sooner. But, you know, I started investing a little bit and now I'm in the 401k, but I'm sure that there's thousands of better ways to, to save than that. Sure. And, and don't feel bad at all. I have that same conversation with a lot of people, except instead of 25, they're saying, 35 and 45 and 55 you know finally the kids are out of the house and all of a sudden they have six figures of income and not a lot of expenses and they haven't saved anything you know but they have this income and they're trying to find places to put it and there's no place left because they didn't put these things in place when they could have um and so that's those are the things that we'll talk about is just what you can what's out there what's available why you should or shouldn't do it you know what I mean? Um, and then and then compare it to some of the things that are taxed because there are things out there that are taxed and you're going to want to be in some of those as well. Okay. No, I'm excited for this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to learn a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of jump in and then you can hit with questions. So, yeah. um, and I'll start with just how we used to explain it when I was financial advisor, just to kind of set the stage of what this looks like. So we used to tell people there's three buckets of money. There's your taxable bucket, there's your tax deferred bucket, and then there's your tax free bucket. Okay, taxable bucket is where you invest every day, 
And then when you sell it, you pay capital gains on it. Okay, that's just the money outside of retirement. Your tax deferred bucket are things like your uh, 401k, most 401ks that are traditional, um, where you uh, get, you pay less taxes now. Um, it goes in there, it grows. And then when you sell it at the end, when you start taking withdrawals, you're paying taxes on it. Okay, that's called tax deferred. You don't pay anything now on taxes, but then it grows and grows and grows. And then you pay a, a lot in taxes when you take it out. Okay. With that, um, is I, typically when you when you have the tax deferred, is it is it the same tax as when you? So let's say let's say right now taxes would be like twenty percent, just given yeah. an arbitrary number, and you do the tax deferred plan, and taxes are then at twenty five percent. Would you pay the twenty five percent? Yeah. So okay. a great question, and it's because people people don't ever ask that question, right? They never ask it, and then and then they're completely surprised during retirement. So yes, you're deferring whatever tax rate you are today, and then you're paying whatever tax rate you are in the future. And the idea behind a 401k is originally people needed very very small incomes during retirement because they typically had their house paid off. And people live very meager lifestyles during retirement, and they didn't live very long, and they would have a small income, and therefore they would defer 20 some odd percent, and then when they pulled it out, it would be 10 or 15 percent. That was kind of the original idea of 401k. However, now we're very means-based. Um, people are actually taking out just as much. My parents just retired. They actually withdraw the exact same amount as they used to make as an income. You know what I mean? Because they don't want their lifestyle to change based yep. on what it was five years ago. Um, and we have 30 trillion in debt. So my question to people always is, is when that becomes 50 or 60 trillion, and there's still the other side of the aisle saying we're really low in taxes compared to the rest of the world, eventually the tax rate is going to go up as we try and tackle that debt. Eventually it's going to so the idea that I just asked people is, do you think taxes are going to be higher when we're at 60 trillion in debt or lower? And if you think the taxes are going to be higher, then you're actually deferring a tax rate that's lower today than what you'll be paying in the future when you pull it out. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do a 401k. It's just something to consider um, when you think about the benefits of the different vehicles that we'll be talking about. Okay. No, that makes sense. It, 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 so you're, you're, you're hedging your bet that when you go through the tax deferment that you're going to pay less in the end. And yeah. based on our circumstances, doesn't look that way. Historically right. speaking, are we kind of in that same route of it's been That's going kind of, yeah. That's, well, historically speaking, <clears throat> we haven't really gone up. I just think that it's intuitive that we will. Yeah. You know, eventually we're going to have to or stop spending. And I don't see us stopping spending. So there's going to be have to be a tax increase down the road. It's just how it's how our government is trending, right? Um, it doesn't mean I support it. it. You just have to be realistic yes, when you're yes. planning your finances, right? So the third leg of that triangle is tax-free. And those are things like your Roth IRA, some cash value life insurances, things that you actually have already paid taxes on. You put the money into these vehicles, they grow tax-free forever. And then you pull them out and you don't pay any taxes on them. Um, and so what we used to tell people is, let's say you have 300,000, normal person puts all 300,000 in their 401k, they retire, they pull that out, they pay like 75,000 in taxes, okay, 25%, let's just use to make it easy. Um, 
if you put 100,000 in each of these three buckets, you would have only paid $40,000 in taxes. So you save about half your taxes just by having things in different buckets. But as I started to leave that industry, I was thinking to myself, why would you want anything in any bucket other than tax-free? Because then yeah. I save all 80,000. <laughs> so, um, so it wasn't, it wasn't what we would tell our clients, but it was how I started to build my portfolio was around this. I want everything in my retirement to be tax-free because I don't trust the government and their tax rates going forward. And also when I die and I pass on my assets, the things like a traditional IRA or a 401k will get taxed. Uh, my kids will get taxed on those withdrawals, whereas the tax-free assets will not. Okay. So it also becomes something where your kids end up paying your taxes if you aren't in those other vehicles, which is, again, it is what it is, but it's just something to know that if you have a million-dollar 401k that you pass on, it's really only 750 No, it makes sense. Um, so that's basically, those are the three things that we used to talk about. Um, and then there's different things that you can do within each of them. So I'm going to focus on the tax-free because that's the most fun. And I think that's where most people fall short. Most people think of the tax-free investments as the Roth IRA. Um, and I don't know what you can put in today. It doesn't even matter. I'll tell you what, I can give this whole speech today and tell you, I don't even have a Roth IRA and I'll tell you why. Um, but anyway, it's about 4000 a year or so. It might be up to five now that you can put into a Roth IRA. I don't know. Um, but you can put like 20 a year into your 401k. So most people funnel a bunch of money into the 401k. They don't have the Roth IRA or the Roth IRA is there, but it's a tiny part of their retirement going okay. forward. Okay? That's not the case. There's a whole bunch of things you can do that are tax-free. Okay. So Roth IRA is one of them. A Roth 401k is one of them. And a lot of employers are starting to offer it. You should ask your employer if they have one. Many of them have both. And you just clicked regular 401k when you signed up the paperwork, you know, mm -hmm. and they have the other one that you can go to. My company, for example, offers both. So my employees can do both. But I strongly, you know, I tell people that I do 100% in my Roth. <laughs> so okay. Everything that I go goes into my Roth 401k. Um, there are cash value life insurances where we can talk more about this, but from a really high level, you basically buy a life insurance policy and let's say the life insurance costs you a hundred dollars a month of cost of insurance. Mm -hmm. You can put in 500 bucks a month and the other 400 goes towards investments that okay. grows and grows and grows on the inside. And now you've got a half a million dollars in there and, it, and you can either take loans against it at 0% interest which basically is a withdrawal and take under $200,000 out, you know what I mean, whenever you want to during retirement. Um, or it stays as a life insurance policy. So if it was a million dollar life insurance policy before and you've put 500 into it, or it's worth 500 now in cash value, you have a one and a half million dollar life insurance policy. Oh, wow. And it gets back to your kids tax free. Wow. Okay. Unless you're over the $11 million things. So tech, cash value life insurance is, is an extraordinary tool that most people don't understand. I most have people, never heard about that before now. Yeah. And most people get pitched it in the worst ways. There's terrible policies out there. They're not all good. You need to do your research and find the right ones. The ones that I use are called variable <laughs> universal life policies. And a variable universal life policy essentially has mutual fund subaccounts on the inside of it. 
Um, so basically, it's like a 401k on the inside of a life insurance policy. Many of them that you'll get um, introduced to pay like 3% fixed and stuff like that on the inside, and it'll never get big. This type of policy will get big um, because the market has returned 7% over the last five decades, and it'll probably continue to, you know what I mean, and, and keep going. So, um, so those are what I use. Uh, okay. And what you can do with that is you can put, uh, you can get convertible terms. So convertible term life insurance. So for example, when I was 27, I got a half a million dollar convertible term life insurance. I think it cost me like 50 bucks a month. Okay. I did that because I knew I was going to get fat and old and bald and everything was going to be bad. I was probably going to end up with terrible diseases and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have enough money to do a variable universal life policy. Yeah. But I knew I was in shape right then and I could get a really good policy. And then when I had money, I could convert it to a variable universal life policy and okay. then start putting money into it. When I got married and had my first kid, I went back and I was already fat by then. And I said, I, I need another one. <laughs> I need another one. So I got another billion dollars. Okay. And same thing, convertible term. So that when I'm ready, I can convert it and start shoving a bunch of money into it. So then I had a million and a half, which also, by the way, protects your family. We can talk about life insurance off to the side, but life insurance is just a good idea in general, especially if you're the breadwinner. Um, but better than that, I went out and got two on my wife, mm -hmm. who is seven years younger than me, uh, very skinny, <laughs> and she happens to be a woman, and women are a lot cheaper um, for life insurance. So her cost of insurance is much smaller. I can yeah. put in the same amount into her policies. And they become much, much more valuable. Um, okay. So there are, there are tricks on who to put the cash value life insurance on, why and when, you know okay. what I mean, and those kinds of things as well. Now, one uh, question. But the point is, yep, go ahead. One, one question is, um, is, there, is there ever a value that is too little to start investing in your future? So if, for somebody who may be watching this today, if they have an income that is marginally over their bills, their debts and everything that they're paying monthly, is there a value that is too little to, to start investing? Um, or it, would it be better set up to try to move towards some financial freedom by paying down debts and, and moving it? So it's a, it's a great question. Everyone always has this kind of Dave Ramsey type question, right? <laughs> Should I pay off all my debts? Or should I invest in my future? You know, um, the, the simple answer is both are investing in your future. Okay. okay. Paying off your debt helps you. Investing helps you. What probably is more important is where are you going to be in five or six years? Okay. okay. So um, I knew I was going back to get my MBA, which probably meant a high salary. Right. Um, I also knew that I was going to do whatever I had to do to move up in business and and it was going to get higher of a salary okay so what i did was i decided to leverage like crazy i think at one point in time i had eight hundred thousand dollars worth of debt between houses and school and that that like people a lot of people can't imagine having eight hundred thousand dollars of debt right like when i bought my business my net worth was three hundred thousand and i was about 40 years old and i've made six figures for a long time and i had basically no net worth um, I had, I had, well, first of all, the market tanked, but, <laughs> but second of all, um, I had leveraged like crazy. I had put all these things in place. 
you know, and now all of a sudden it's clicking and everything's coming together. Okay. So, um, so I had way too much debt. I don't suggest taking out $800,000 worth of debt. Um, but if you think you're going to make significantly more than you do now, six years from now, then it's much better to start putting these things in place and investing. Okay. If you're probably not going to make anything more, um, then taking down debt will actually increase your income, right? Because you will have more disposable income after the paycheck comes in with yeah. less things to pay. Um, so that's probably the answer to the question. Um, okay. But yeah. you know, it it totally depends on your situation. What else might happen? Kids, marriage, you know, blah blah blah. There's a lot of things in there, and most people don't know where they're going to be in five years. Everyone has a guess. Yep. But most people don't know. So my suggestion would be is that you set it up for success as cheaply as you can and then um, and then do a little bit of everything, you know, but invest when you have when you have the money, but you've got the things in place. So for example, I'm 42 right now. When I bought the business, I tried to get life insurance to cover the business. Okay. So basically to have four million dollars of insurance so that if it went belly up, my wife wouldn't get, you know, in trouble. Um, I got turned down during the life insurance exam. They found diabetes, which I didn't even know about. So I got turned down for life insurance. So had I waited until 40 to try to do this life insurance strategy that I'm talking about right now, yeah. I would not have been able to do it at all. But now, because I set it up when I was younger and healthier and not half as fat, I can do this all. And it's, it's set up and ready. And it was only costing me, you know, 50 bucks a month or hundred bucks a month to have those things in place over time. So does that make sense? Absolutely. So it's for the life insurance aspect, every day is a day closer to being denied. So yeah, get, get in there and look at it. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's going to be uninsurable at some point in time. Some of us earlier than others, you know what I mean? So you're going to, some people are going to come down with an incurable disease. Some people are going to just put on 50 pounds and then cost of insurance is going to go crazy. You know, there's a lot of different things that affect life insurance. So, um, but, and I'm, and I'm not just pitching life insurance. It's just that that one in particular is time sensitive. If you're yeah. going to do that, if you're going to do that strategy, you need to think about that uh, when you're healthy, not when you have the money. Um, so, and, and again, convertible term allows you to buy that term insurance and then convert it over when you do have the money. So that you're not paying these big premiums of the BUL uh, okay. until then. That's okay. perfect. I appreciate that. Thank another, you. yeah, no problem. Um, another option for tax-free is 529s. People relatively know about these, but let's talk through them anyway. Yeah, I don't. Because everybody knows a ton about them. Okay. So 529s are college savings plans. And so you have a kid, you get a 529, you can put up to $15,000 a year into your 529. Okay. What people don't know, or some of the things people don't know are you can use them for college, you can use them for community college, you can use them for trade schools, art school, music school, um, uh, abroad, you know, programs, things like that. So you can use these things for a lot of different things. So you put them in when they're young, they, it gets big, you can start pulling these out for a whole bunch of things. Let's say you have four kids, you can do one 529, you can use it for any of the four kids. You're allowed to change the beneficiary once a year. Um, so if you make it your oldest kid and your oldest kid decides not to go to college because he's a genius, you can move it to your second kid. 
your second kid decides not to go to college because he's an idiot, you can move it to your third kid. You know what I mean? And, and then eventually you've got to use it for somebody. Okay. Um, and so that's the downside, right? Is eventually you have to use it for somebody. However, you can use it for anybody. You can use it for you. You can use it for your first cousin. You can use it for your parents. Um, you can, uh, so there's a lot of different people that you can use it for. Okay. You can put 15,000 a year in per 529. So if you do have four kids, now suddenly you can put $60,000 a year in. So I have four kids. I have four 529s. I can put $60,000 a year in tax-free, okay? So right now, I don't have $60,000 a year to spend for college, okay? But let's say I sell my business in 10 years, right before they go to college, I can put 60 in a year for the next three years, $180,000 just went in there, and it can grow tax-free, and I can use it for college down the road, okay? Now, is that, that's a that's a tax-free plan, so it's not a deferred tax-free. benefit, okay? Correct. And then the other thing to note is, let's say, okay, fine, all my four kids didn't go to college. Okay, and I got $150,000 in there. What am I going to do now? You know, is it going to all get taxed? So in your 401k, when you pull it out, if you pulled it out early, you would get taxed at your income level. And you would get pay a 10% penalty. With the 529, you do pay the 10% penalty, but you get taxed at the beneficiary's income level. So if you're going to pull it out, you look and say, okay, Joey is the beneficiary today. He makes $120,000 a year, but Jimmy, um, he only makes $8,000 a year, you know, because the rest of his money's under the table, blah, blah, blah. Change the beneficiary to Jimmy, pull the trigger on the, on the pull and you pay a lot less taxes if you end up having to at all. So there's a lot of tricks with the 529, but it is out there and it's a way that people can put a ton of money. So a lot of people are saving for college and and not putting anything in these plans that can be tax-free, $15,000 a year. Wow. Um, so then you also have municipal bonds, which I don't recommend, but there are other, there are other government type um, entities that you can pay and get tax-free returns. Um, and they occasionally, those are good investments, uh, but I don't recommend them in today's environment and have never bought one myself. Okay. So, but I, I guess the, the point of it is there's so many different ones out there. So let me just kind of tell you how I did it. So I knew all this stuff. I put them all in place right this second, 93% of my retirement is in tax-free accounts. Okay. Um, And then I have it set up so that if I decided to, let's say suddenly I'm making a ton of money, Mm -hmm. I could put over $150,000 a year right now into tax-free accounts between the 529s, between the Roth 401k, between the different cash value life insurances on my wife and myself. Um, So you come into money, let's say I got, let's say my parents died and I get an inheritance. Okay, most people take that inheritance, they put it in their bank account, You know what I mean? And then they invested in something and they're paying taxes on the investments. I could put that inheritance directly into these $150,000 a year at a time and it will grow for the next 30 years tax-free. I die, it goes to my kids, it grows for the next 30 years tax-free. You know what I mean? And that that $1 million inheritance is $10 million down the road. You know what I mean? And they don't pay any taxes on it. That's incredible. It is. So there's, there's just a lot of ways to 
put yourself in a situation where you have success. And those are the things you have to think about when you're talking five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Like it's not just your income. It's how's your life going to change? You know, are you going to have kids? Oh, by the way, on the 529, interesting point, you don't need kids. You can do a 529 for you. So let's say you're a 25 year old and you're making good money suddenly and you don't have a family, but you're pretty sure you want one. You can put a 529 in for you, start putting away $15,000 a year. You get married, you have kids, it's there. And, and you're $45,000 ahead of everybody else. And you can also... If I if I understood correctly, you could put a five twenty nine for yourself and then use it on yourself later. Would that still that would yep. be a tax free in that way? Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yep. you're saving you know. money even going for yourself. Yep, that's right. Yep. And if you had a ton of money, you could do it for yourself. You could do one for your dad. You could do one for your first cousin. You know what I mean? And you and you could just you know I mean there's there's ways to do this. Like if you think you're going to have a big family, you can put this all together way before you ever have kids. And and frankly, there's there's like two times, maybe three times in your life where you're going to have money, right? Where you're going to have excess money. Yeah. One, you're a single person. You're working, you know, and you and you got no cares in the world. Okay, I used to spend more money at the bar every week than I have excess money today every week, right? With four kids. Um. The second time is when you get married and suddenly you have two incomes and no kids, you know, for a period of time there, life is grand. You buy a house that's too big for you. You, you know, you got all this money coming in um, and, and life is really good. Then you have kids and everything goes to shit. Right. Yep. And, and so you just, you don't have any money left. Everything costs more. Um, and, and it just, it's bad for 18 to 25 years to 35 years now, because they live with you forever. Um, and so, and so then when the kids leave, that's your third phase where you actually have money. That's the phase where people usually start to save. What you have to do is save during one of the first two phases. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't save during the first two phases, you at least have to set it up so that by the time you get to the third phase, you can start shoving that money away in the right way. So thankfully I've, I've. To go in a little bit in my personal story, I've got an 11 year old and a two year old, so I'm already in that in that that slump phase where everything sucks. Um, but thankfully, you know, through um, I mean, we've been incredibly blessed. My wife's business has taken off. I'm making more money than I have in the past, and so we're able to start doing that saving thing. So, slightly an exception to the rule in. Uh, for a lot of people, but this opportunity is allowing us to look at our retirements, look at our future and to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And, and, you know, I, I'm going to get off of this and I'm going to go call my, my financials <laughs> and be like, Hey, Roth 401k, like, what's up? Like you guys got this for me or, but, um, so I, I'm already like flabbergasted with how much I've, we're going to have to do like a thousand episodes on each one of these things. Um, <clears throat> But so, so I'm glad that I'm in that shitty zone right now and I'm looking at the financial freedom of tomorrow and able to start investing today. And and I think for anyone in the audience, they should be looking at themselves and can I throw a hundred bucks this month? Can I throw 300 bucks? What can I really skimp off if I'm in that sucky zone or if I haven't made it to this phase yet, if I'm in that, that newlywed phase what can I get rid of? Because I'm, I, you, I, I swear to you all, if you just got married, you don't need the second four wheeler. You don't need the, the hot rod. You don't need the sports car. 
take care of yourself in the future. You'll be happier. My father just retired um, two years ago. And I, I'll say he didn't prepare himself for retirement. Six months after retiring, he started working again. And and that's that's one of the hardest things that to watch as, as his son is to see somebody who didn't get himself situated, get himself prepared, um, bought his house cash, and spent most of his retirement doing so. And so now seeing that, that's why I think that this conversation is so incredibly important. So I've, I've learned a lot already. So it was the 529s was the, the schools. Yep. And Roth 401ks is, is a major way to, those are both tax-free ways. To and, and Roth IRAs are the same. It's just that they have the contribution limit. So if you are in a situation where you can throw a hundred bucks a month, look at a Roth IRA, you know what I mean? And, and get into that. And that's where you can start it. Um, and so there's, there's definitely things you can do at a hundred dollars a month. Now I will say if you're at a hundred dollars a month, you may be better off going after some debt. Um, and the key to that, I'm not going to go Dave Ramsey on you, but the key to debt would be trying to figure out which, um, which debts you can pay off the fastest to drop your monthly expenses the most. Um, so I've got my own formulas that I've actually, when I had $800,000 of debt, like I had a formula put together where it was like, I'm going after this one piece of debt. Everything else gets minimum payments. I'm going after this one piece of debt. We're going to kill it. And then we're going to go to this one piece of debt. And it was a formula about, you know, basically how much, how much debt load per blah, blah, blah. And, and it just helped me get down to where I was paying less per month. Um, that's... and that is like, again, that's like getting a raise. So if you're 100 a month could be used to turn it into 300 a month, that's better than continuing to do a hundred, you know, into your 401k or your Roth and, um, and then, you know, having that debt forever. The other thing I will mention just on a 401k standpoint is no matter who you are and what situation you are, you should be trying to max out your 401, sorry should be trying to max out your 401k uh, match. Yes. That's different than maxing out your 401k. That's free money. If your company matches 4% on the first five, like I do, um, that's basically 80% return that they're guaranteeing you. You put a hundred bucks in, they give you 80 bucks. Okay. So it's free money. Um, that is much better than getting tax-free dollars. <laughs> so, yes. um, so you should always match or you should always max out the match um, if you can, uh, even if you're in that $100, uh, you know, a week type or $100 month type situation, yeah. you should try your best to max out that match and make your life work around that um, because that is one of the ways that you'll get uh, bigger faster. So. Yeah. And and um, you were talking about like the, the paying down the debts thing. And I think the way that I looked at it with me and my wife when we sat down, and it was very much similar to what you were saying, was when we first started off, we didn't we we had a lot of debts that we came together with. I already had my first daughter, and so we were already in the suck phase. Um, but it, what we did was was we first knocked out the first debt, and let's say that liberated us for a hundred dollars a month. We took seventy five yeah. of that to roll into the next debt to help pay that one off, but that twenty five. Yeah was now either liberating money where we can go, you know, we can go on a date now or, or we could invest into the future. And so that way you're still, I called it snowballing it of, of just having it go downhill and just knocking out more and more debt as quickly as possible, looking at the APR or the interest rates, figuring out, you know, because the, the other, I think the, 
one of the important things when we talk about removing debt is interest rates kill you. Um, that's what keeps, you know, we see people talk about student loan debts and they say, my student loans aren't going down. It's because the interest rate. If you pay yeah. more, even uh, you don't wait for the end of the month to pay, but you pay during the middle of the month, as long as it's going towards that next month, um, you're knocking down principal. Yeah. I'm probably worried. Yeah. That, but go ahead. One thing I'll say is um, interest is important. And the total amount of interest you're paying a year on all of your debts is more important than the interest rate on each individual debt. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is there are times when taking a higher interest rate make a whole lot of sense. So for example, one of the ways I got out of debt was I took a ton of debt and I rolled it into a $40,000 debt loan that was at some obscene interest rate. Mm -hmm. Okay, now the debt was pretty bad too. Okay, but it was, um, you know, let's say, let's say it was $40,000 worth of stuff that had $1,200 worth of payments. Well, it went down to $750 worth of payments. So then I took that, you know, uh, $450 and put it directly onto the next debt that was very low balance, but high payment, right? It, I only owed, let's say 3,000 bucks, but it was 300 bucks a month, okay? Seven months later, that one's gone. Now I got 750 bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Then I went after the $10,000 one that was, that was 200 bucks a month. You know what I mean? And, and so that's how you do it is you, you try to knock down your total monthly payments. That's a hundred times more important than any interest rate at all is your total monthly payments. Um, and so for people who are underwater or struggling to find how can I save 300 bucks, think about those consolidation loans and try to divorce yourself from the interest rate for a minute um, and take a look at your overall situation. Will you have 300 extra dollars a month? And if you will, and you do it, you better put that automatic, right? So you're automatically putting 300 bucks a month into whatever, like don't trust yourself to just do it. Um, sign that up at automatic and uh, because I've had friends who have followed that advice and gotten themselves in even more trouble, you know, five years down the road. So you need to, you need to do it the right way. Um, but that's how I got out of debt. And I was in a significant amount of debt. Uh, and we just took it one, one thing at a time. I didn't tell my wife very much about what we were doing other than this is the next one that we're knocking off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And slowly, slowly they went and then, it, and then suddenly it was not so slowly because all of a sudden, we we're talking a thousand bucks a month and fifteen hundred bucks a month, and you know, all of a sudden there's plenty of money to be thrown at debt, um, and it and it worked. So, oh man, that I I'm looking forward to those days when we're steamrolling <laughs> through, knocking out one big debt after another. That's, yep. um, I, I don't even think we were planning on talking about debt today. That's so that's yeah, it's, no, no, um, it's not it's a hard one to do without actual numbers in front of you. So I hate yeah. I hate going too deep into it. But the point is, is there and we could do another segment at some point on debt um, if we can show numbers on the screen and stuff like that. But uh, it's just a hard one for people to visualize. So I try not to give too much, you know, just high level advice because if you yeah. do it wrong, then it can get you in trouble. But I think I think you broke it down enough that it. it... It, it, in a visual way, at least for me, I mean, but this is something that, you know, I've been having ongoing conversations with my wife about that, you know, we got to, we got to take that, that you, you save and redistribute it to save more in the future. And, and I always told right. her, it's going to suck for today while we do this, but it's going to enable us to have 
basically what you said, it's going to increase our income by being able to increase the accessibility and the availability of that income in the long run. Um, and yeah. I, and, and hopefully um, if anyone in the audience is, is going through these circumstances, you won't listen to the naysayers. If you can't pay down your debts, you can't get out of this. Like that's just the way of living in America. Um, you know, I had some loved ones tell me that I, we wouldn't be able to do that. And, and we're getting close. We're, we're a couple, couple thousand away from paying off our cars. We're, yeah almost done with student loans we're almost done on a lot of things and and i say almost because we've done exactly what what todd is talking about where we've taken from one to put to another to put to another and so we're almost there as in we're three or four years out yeah and some of them i mean you look at like one of our car payment one of our cars we owe fifteen thousand. like you're not close jason what are you talking about right in the timetable we're right there and, right. and so I'm excited for it. Yeah. And that, the only other thing I'll say is um, I've used them multiple times effectively is people give 401k loans a bad rap. And in certain situations, there's something to consider, especially if you can knock off complete debts and open up your, open up your income. Um, so there's a lot of different ways out there to handle debt and to get it off. I'm to the point now where I only own the house. You know what I mean? And that was the goal. So we've hit our debt goal. I have no desire to pay off my house any faster than it is. So now it's all investing, you know. Oof. Beautiful. Yep. Um, so so we got off the rabbit trail <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Um, we were talking a little bit about the debts, or not the debts. See, I'm still stuck on debt. Um, we were talking a little bit about the retirement plans. We broke down the three different buckets of taxed tax deferred which is just hedging that you're going to pay less taxes later and then tax free and we we went down into um the other categories is there anything else that you wanted to cover within that conversation no i think the only thing i'll come back to life insurance for a minute um just uh think about um for people who haven't discussed it before or thought about it before i just want to make a couple of points just because i think it's really important when you um are young and healthy enough to get life insurance. Uh, that's when you have to really be thinking about what is that family going to look like down the road. Okay. So, um, and, and this is not a small thing, like when the man is probably going to die first. Okay. So you need to understand, um, that an income will be lost along the way that could happen at 43, you know what I mean? Or it could happen at 78. Um, Either way, my wife will probably live to 95, right? So what is your life worth? You have to think about how much you're making a year times how many years she might have to go without your income. And really that number is going to be bigger than you think. So I have people all the time ask me, should I get a $250,000 life insurance or a $500,000 life insurance? And I say $3 million life insurance. That's how much you should get. <laughs> like, <laughs> like those are the wrong questions to be asking. Now, if you can only afford it, like I have a 500. And then later I got a million and then mm -hmm. I tried to get more and got denied. You know what I mean? So you can't, can't buy 3 million, shouldn't buy 3 million when you're 25. But the point is, is, I mean, you're going to need it and, and you're going to need to get it when you can. Yeah. Um, if you do get it where you can save on the inside, five times as good. I just ran a scenario on my wife's new $1 million policy. Okay. That's a good one to just think about, or sorry, it was her $500,000 that we already have. If we put 9,000 bucks a year into this $500,000 policy, okay? And we were already putting five, so we're just upping it to nine. 
So we're putting nine a year into this policy. That policy will be worth $6 million when she dies. So we only applied for a $1 million policy. It's worth $6 million when it goes to our kids. So our kids are instantly millionaires. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're each going to have more than one. <laughs> so, so, and now it'll probably be worth nothing in 30 years. Million dollars won't be anything, but um, we'll have other stuff. But the point is, is that one decision to, to get a million dollars or sorry, to only get $500,000 allowed for the kids to have $6 million, you know, yeah. uh, wow. when you die. And, and we made that decision when she was, I was 32. She was probably 25 at the time. You know, we made the decision. So 25 year old woman who had no job, no kids. Uh, we had just gotten pregnant, you know what I mean? And did that. And now all of a sudden all four kids are going to be taken care of. So we, you just have to think way in the future when you're putting things in place like this. And, but then also realize that the, in that program, there'll be 5 million bucks sitting there in cash, right? That she can get at if she needs to. So she'll, she'll be able to use that throughout her entire retirement. It's just, uh, I guess I just wanted to stress the fact that yeah. insurance people, people tend to back way off on it and, and it drives me crazy. It's a hard <laughs> subject. Even inside my own family, nobody likes it. And uh, my grandfather, who was a stockbroker, and I used to spar on this all the time. Um, and it was the only thing in my entire life that I was right and he was wrong. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those incredibly hard topics because, I mean, we don't like talking about losing loved ones and everything else. And and I've actually got a friend that he – I've got a couple friends, actually, that are – I don't know what the term is, but they, they sell life insurance. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, sitting down with them, they're like, people don't want to talk to us. They don't want to have these conversations. And, and here's the thing is that the sooner that we can grapple with that idea that we're all going to die and certainly yeah. we're all going to die, the better off that we'll be once we buy those plans, because, you know, every year your, in, your rates are going to increase because your, your chances of them having to pay out increases. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, I don't know if it's every plan and maybe maybe you'll be able to, to explain this, but um, if you set it up when you're 25 years old, that's a, that's your rate. You're not you're not going to see next year where it's going to go up. But if you waited until that year after those rates are going to go up. That's exactly right. And most policies do lock it in for X number of years on the day that you there are policies like variable universal life where your your cost of insurance does go up each year. Um too complicated to explain here but there it has a little step up each year yeah um but most policies and even the convertible terms i locked it in at 27 i was 27 for 20 years i could i could convert that thing at 46 and i'm still 27 years old right up until i converted so um yeah there's that's something that people need to understand and and again when i went back to get that big policy to cover my business I had no inkling at all that I was not going to get approved. You know, yes, I'm fat. Yes, I'm getting older. I probably will pay more than I did 10 years ago. You know what I mean? But there was no inkling that I would not get approved. And then I walked in and didn't get approved. Um, and, and that's it. Game over. Never get approved again. That's how it's going to be. So if I waited, I would have zero life insurance forever. So. Wow. Wow. That's, it's incredible. Um, we're coming up pretty close on the end of the hour. I, this was incredible to sit down with you by my, my main brain. I can't even speak. I've, I've just got so many things flowing into my brain right now. 
Um, I want to give you an opportunity. I know that we we discussed in the the pre-show a little bit about you have a book. Um, of course, want you to plug that. Plug everything. Where can we find more from you? Where can we follow you? Um, sure. Yours. Sure. Uh, so the book is kind of a it's it's really it's more of like a guide. It's probably twenty five pages. It's three ninety nine on Amazon. I don't make hardly any money. It's like a quarter I make on each book. I put it out there for people. It's called Beta Wizard, and it's about how to make money um, using risk, uh, using what we know about risk through value investing. Um, very boring unless you're into this kind of thing, but it is a really interesting. It's kind of a combination of um, Warren Buffett and some other folks um, on how to make money, uh, make more money than they are by using value investing so that you're in, in lower risk opportunities. Um, Twitter at Todd Hagopian, Facebook, Todd Hagopian Libertarian Organizer. Um, my campaign website is www.todhagopian.com, H-A-G-O-P-I-A-N. Um, and I will be, of course, on the ballot for LNC Treasure at the end of May um, and planning on winning that race. So. That's a good plan. Um, so I just plugged in, um, for those of you guys in the audience, I just plugged the, the beta wizard method, extracting value from volatility. Um, I will go ahead and drop a link for it as well. If you guys want to go ahead and grab, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, if you guys want to go grab yourself a copy, become a wizard, become a financial <laughs> guru, just be able to to go out there and have this financial freedom by by hedging your bets and winning. Um, it's been incredible having you on tonight, and I'm Thank so you. incredibly fun. grateful that you were able to to come on. Um, I'm looking for good, good. Uh, I'm looking forward to more conversations. I'm sure I'm going to have a thousand messages and and requests, and yeah. I'll I'll send some of them your way if I get them. If not, uh, the next time I have you on, if you if you'd like to come back, I would love to have you. Um, Excellent. we'll have more conversations because I, I, this is too important of a topic to not discuss, you know, whether it's the, the, the debt steamrolling it and knocking it out, the life insurance, setting yourself up for a financial future, yep. the bread and butter of life. Um, <laughs> but, but thank you so much, Todd. I, I appreciate it so much. And, and I'll, I'll, uh, talk to you here in a minute. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was amazing. That was phenomenal to have Todd come in and, and hang out with us and to talk to us a little bit about setting ourselves up for today, for tomorrow, and for, of course, retirement. Um, those buckets, incredibly important to look at and, and to see what's best fit for your family to set yourself up. We got to... We often talk about fixing our society, of fixing our culture, but some of that requires us to look inside a little bit and so I, I i'm incredibly moved by tonight's conversation i'm excited to go dive into things and to get better circumcise or circumstance in a better circumstance holy smokes i can't talk um <laughs> so it's it's going to be important for me to keep on this and i hope you guys got a lot of value from tonight as well um but that's going to be it for this week for muddy waters media content so next week Next Tuesday night, we've got Muddy Waters Media coming out with Muddy Waters of Freedom with Matt and Spike. It's going to be a fantastic time. Wednesday night, Spike Cohen here with my fellow Americans. 
Thursday night instead of the writer's block we're going to have the muddy zoom where you can be a part of it if you head on over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe get on over there and check it out I'm already seeing one purchase of the book thank you so much Tony um for 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 Todd I'll say thank you um but <coughs> next week I've got two guests coming back. So William Henry is going to be starting off the day. We're going to be talking a little bit about cannabis. I mean, who doesn't like talking about cannabis? Uh, he's a fantastic man. He was running for Congress um, and is going to be talking to us a little bit about cannabis freedom and pushing for legalization, decriminalization, and moving cannabis forward across the country. And then that evening, we will have on Steve Dosbach. And here's something you guys may have never heard of, uh, Ransberger Pivot. We're going to be talking about that. What is it? How does it work? Why would it be useful for us as libertarians to be able to use this as a means of, of engaging with others and, and uniting people and bringing them forth in order to push liberty forward? It's going to be a fantastic time next week, so make sure you guys are tuning in. Next week, it will be 2 p.m. and 8 p.m., so all the shows will be 8 p.m. and then one extra show, 2 p.m., so another doubleheader coming your guys' way. I appreciate you all so much. I love you all. I'll see you guys again here next Friday, 2 p.m., but be well, be good, and I'll see you guys soon.